The following podcast is an Embassy Row production. Welcome everybody back to another episode of the Bright Side Podcast. I'm here once again to talk about some of my personal bright spots from this week before we get into this week's episode. I guess I would say really the past 10 days for me have felt like such a blessing because my parents were able to come visit me, first of all. That's kind of where it all started. And as you may recall, they had COVID back in November, which was obviously scary at the time. But because they had it then, they were a little bit more comfortable traveling now. So I hadn't seen them in a while. They hadn't been to California in over a year. So it was really nice to have them out here. And they'd never met Dash. So I introduced them to Dash, my dog. And (laughs) they met their grandson. So that was really cute. And they also met my foster dog, Rango, who has since gone to his forever home, which was also, of course, bittersweet because he was the cutest, sweetest, best dog ever but his new parents are great too. So I'm really happy for him and for them. So those were some highlights. Also was blessed with a beautiful weekend out in Santa Inez. I drove up to wine country and although it was very chilly at night, I think it was supposed to rain the entire weekend and we got a beautiful day Saturday instead. Got to lay by the pool all day and play Yahtzee and even do some swimming. So that was really fortunate. And then I spent the last couple of days on gorgeous hikes here in LA. I just feel like, I don't know, it's a really, really good week. Lots of bright spots. And another bright spot is going to be this coming episode with Paige DeSorbo because she's so cute. She's so funny. She's really adorable. And I love her show, Summer House. If you haven't checked it out, you definitely should because she and Hannah Burner, who I had on the podcast a couple months back, are just hysterical. And they really make for good TV. So I hope you guys will enjoy this week's episode. All right. Welcome to this week's episode of The Bright Side. My guest today is Paige DeSorbo, summer house castmate, creator of Front Page News and co-host of The Giggly Squad, which I'm a huge fan of The Giggly Squad, by the way. Yeah, yeah, that was one of my bright spots of quarantine. Actually, was tuning into you and Hannah on the Giggly oh Squad. God, it was that, so cute. That means so much to me. I'll have to tell Hannah. Thank you so much. We had a yeah. blast doing it. I know. I'm so glad you did that. Well, you guys just have such natural chemistry, so yeah. it's it's awesome. And I've had Hannah on the show, which I think you probably know. Um, yeah. I absolutely love her. So I was so excited to have you here too, because I think you guys are both hilarious and. I know a lot about Hannah's journey to being on Summer House, but I'd love to hear a little bit about yours. So mine was a little different, I think, than Hannah's in terms of I had moved to New York after college. I was working like a very corporate ABC News job, and I always wanted to be on TV. I wanted to be a news reporter. So I started this thing called Front Page News where I would walk to work and like record myself on my Instagram stories, giving like the top five news stories of the day. I mean, everyone thought I was absolutely insane and they're a thousand percent correct because I didn't have any following. It was like my friends from high school watching it. Like, are you okay? So I did that for probably like a year, every single day. And then one day someone, a girlfriend of mine reached out to me and was like, Hey, a casting director saw you on my Instagram. They'd love to talk to you. Would you want to talk to them? 
But this just goes, not sorry, not to interrupt you, but this just goes to show that it's not insane to do something like that. Because even when you think no one's watching, Mm -hmm. people are, you know? And I think that whenever you have a lot, when you have natural talent, it doesn't matter how many followers you have. Like I always encourage people to just try to do that anyway, because you never know. I was like, you know, what do I, what do I have to lose? Mm-hmm. Nothing. And I only have things to gain from it. So it's crazy to go from like 200 people watching front page news to like 60,000. I'm like, it's very nerve wracking, but it's very, very rewarding. And I'm proud of myself that I put myself out there like that. So that's any advice I would ever give to like a young girl. So it kind of just unfolded from there. And I just got done filming my third season. So. Wow. Okay. And you went on that show. So I obviously have a little bit of experience with reality TV, not a ton. We're filming the second season of The Hills right now, Mm -hmm. uh, or we're trying to. (laughs) Yeah. And I find it so interesting because I know you're on the show and you've got a boyfriend. And I always think that's a little bit of a challenge, right? (laughs) Have you found it to be? It's an understatement. Mm -hmm. Understatement. It was very hard. I filmed two seasons with a boyfriend who never really appears on the show. So that was a big challenge. I never want to force someone to do something they don't want to do. And like, sometimes people don't want to be on TV. And like, I totally get that. So it was really hard balancing my friends and my boyfriend, just like in everyday life. We just happen to have a camera following us when I'm with my friends. So I just feel like that it creates an extra kind of pressure on you because I feel like storylines on shows like this, it's a lot easier to just kind of fall into like a dating situation because there's already this built-in drama. And right. I don't know, it, it it just kind of leans heavier on you, puts more weight on you to to have like a more developed character. But obviously you do because you do great on the show. Thank you. And like, of course, I whenever my friends would ask about him or our relationship, I'm more than willing to talk about anything because actual things I'm going through. And I always think, even if there's one girl out there that's watching me and is like, oh my God, that's how my relationship is and like makes her feel better, then it's all worth it. That's great. What would you say, because a lot of what we talk about on this show is really challenging things that we face in our lives that we thought at the time were maybe going to ruin our lives, but then ultimately ended up being something positive. Mm -hmm. Have you had any experiences like that? I would say just going on reality TV in general, when I first started, I called my dad the day before, like hysterically crying. I was like, I can't do this. I know that I'm too sensitive of a person to ever get on TV, have people DMing me like mean messages. And I was petrified. And then after I did my first season, everything was great and people really liked me, which was amazing. And then after the second season, you know, you get some people that you know, don't really love you. And I don't think it really hit me that I could make a difference until I was in quarantine with Hannah and we were doing Giggly Squad and the amount of messages I would get from girls just being like, you saved me during quarantine. I was going through a a breakup or I lost my job. You know, we donated to a lot of different charities and just to see a community of girls, I was like, wow, I went on a reality show And now I have girls saying like, you saved my life. Like, thank you so much. And that is just the most rewarding of anything. Yeah. I mean, I think it's really hard to see yourself, especially if you're coming from just kind of like a normal background and and you haven't been on TV before, you didn't grow up in a famous family or something to see yourself as any kind of person that's a people, yeah, a role model or a figure. (laughs) 
Right. It's surreal. And yeah. I, I mean, it is a, definitely a responsibility, but it, but it also is really, it's like touching when somebody says anything really sweet yeah. like that. I always think, wow, I can't believe that I'm in any way having an impact on anyone oh, in that God. way. Yeah. It's very surreal. That's the only word to describe it. Yeah. Because I feel in a lot of ways that I got kind of lucky. Like, I mean, I've certainly had my fair share of nasty hate messages on social media, but I feel like overall, not so bad. I think a lot of people get it way worse. Is How's your experience been? There's definitely people that get it way, way worse. I can't imagine what it's like being like a Kim Kardashian or like a Jennifer Aniston. Like I, I could not imagine. I definitely get way more nice messages than I do mean ones. And it's so hard to focus on just the nice ones, but it kind of comes with the territory and you kind of realize that you learn how to deal with it just as you go. Yeah. You just sort of have to let them bounce off. Right. I know it, it is hard too, because you want to pay attention to the good ones and, yeah. and like that be where your focus is. And, but it, it's the, it's like these little mean ones here and there. And that it's are, always like it's things stink. that you think like, Oh, I'm the only person that thinks this about me. No one else would notice it. And then when someone says it, like, <laughs> Oh my God, I knew everyone thought that like, I, you know? So. Yes. Yeah. And no, it's like they somehow managed to find your exact insecurities. Yeah, and That's pinpoint it. <laughs> it's the worst, but I do feel like, I don't know, you, you do eventually just sort of get used to it and learn to brush yeah. it off. And certainly I agree that it's it's more rewarding than anything else. And I think that when you kind of absorb that you have the power, like you said, to in any way affect someone's life positively, it's so nice yeah. to just start really working towards that. And I think it also motivates you to try new things and, yeah, uh, you know, really yeah, get involved in more than just that. Who is somebody in your life who you look to who's like a really positive influence for you or really inspires you? I hope this isn't too much of a generic answer, but I would say my mom. Like, I know moms are always categorized as like, they know they're never wrong and they always know the right thing to do. But I really, even being in this world of reality TV, which my mom has no idea about, she works in like software computers. Mm-hmm. So if I call her with a problem, she just always seems to know the right thing to do, the right thing to say. And I always tell her, like, I need you more now as an adult than I think I ever did as a child. So I think she is just the most positive influence on me. And my family is very grounding, like going home mm. to them. You know, I, I remember like, okay, it's not all about TV. It's not all about Instagram. I am just like a girl from Albany who happened to move to New York City. So it's really humbling and nice. Yeah, actually, you'd be surprised. I haven't really had, I mean, anytime I've asked that question, no one's really ever said their mom, but I would have to agree. (laughs) Well, I think also when you're younger, you don't, you just don't appreciate your parents like you do as you get older. When you start to understand like the magnitude of what they did for your life, because you don't think your parents are like real people when you're growing up. Right. You don't realize that you think they're superheroes and you realize that like they're people and they're dealing with things. And I think one of the things that really made me realize this was COVID because I went home for six weeks and quarantined with my parents. And I was so nervous that like they were going to get sick and like, God forbid anything happened. And I just cherished like every single day that like six o'clock would roll around and my mom would be like, what movie should we watch tonight? And like, I would have never had that time with my mom if I was in New York and this wasn't, the pandemic wasn't happening. So I was really grateful for that specifically. Yeah, that's really nice. It took me a while now, like anytime anything difficult happens in my life, my mom gives me advice, even though what I don't want. 
<laughs> Damn it. Because I know whatever it is that she said down the line, I'm going to know is the right answer. I know. I don't know. And it took me so that. long to absorb that. But now I'm like, shit, I got to do what she said. Because she's mom, when I'm a mom, am I going to know these answers? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hope so. My daughter's talked. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cute. So obviously everybody's kind of had a, a little bit of a tougher time during quarantine and you guys were able to still do filming. Yes. Which is super lucky. Yeah, it was crazy. We were obviously so worried that we weren't going to be able to, but we were tested, we quarantined, and then we lived together straight through, which we've never done before. Yeah, because usually you go back and forth from the city to the house, right? So usually we're just weekends and spending three days at a time with everyone is more than enough. Um, but we were together for like six, seven weeks and it, it gets crazy. I mean, we had cabin fever. We were like, we got to get out. <laughs> I know it's got to change the way that the show happens because people probably have such so much less patience for each other. And obviously, you know, like any normal friend group has like normal drama that, you know, you get mad at or whatever. But it's so different when you live with someone. And for that amount of time just like little things start to annoy you. Like, I can't believe you chew like that. And it's, <laughs> please remove yourself from my presence. So like little things just started to build up and it gets, I would say probably the most dramatic season I've been on for really? sure. <laughs> what about you and Hannah? You guys always get along well? Hannah and I shared a room, which in the beginning we were a little nervous because we were like, are we going to be okay? We were more than fine. I think maybe we had like a few hiccups. <laughs> But we always say that we're fine living together because we quite possibly are the two most messiest humans. Really? Like her mess does not bother me. My mess does not bother her. Oh, that would make me crazy. Yeah. So like anyone else would be like, absolutely not. Hannah, (laughs) one morning we like ate pancakes in bed and she spilled syrup on the floor. And I just looked at her and she put a paper towel over it and was like, I'll deal with it later. Okay. (laughs) So we're disgusting. We're (laughs) But it works for us. And it's like, you know, my key to a happy relationship. (laughs) Yeah. I was going to say, what are Perry's thoughts on that? Yeah. I don't think Perry would have loved that. (laughs) probably why I never moved in with him I just I knew in the back of my head he wasn't gonna be able to deal with that yeah I mean I don't think I could go back to living with anyone at this point because sometimes for the hills we do have to go film on location for a series of days and in the past they've kind of been like sometimes we'll stay with someone else sometimes not but this past trip we were driving down there and I was like please tell me that I have my own hotel room if I have to stay with somebody I'm gonna freak Cause it's like one thing to do one night, but four yeah. or five days in a row, yeah. I cannot, I'm so anal. It's really bad. I actually kind of feel bad for my boyfriend. Hannah has turned into kind of like my security blanket too. Cause there were a lot of nights that she would come to bed really late. And I felt like a boyfriend. I was like, what were you doing? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, aren't we going to watch TV? Like Love Island is about to start. Like, where are you? So Hannah seems like a really good time. I actually... I think that when we did my podcast with her, I was telling her that I really want to come to Summer House. Yeah. Like just to visit. (laughs) And hey, I think I would have so much fun. Usually after 24 hours, people are ready to get out. Yeah. I think that's all I need. (laughs) (laughs) So what have some of the bright spots in quarantine been for you? 
So I would definitely say like the amount of time I got to spend with my family was, you know, at first I was like, oh, I'm going home for six weeks. Like, I feel like I'm in high school, but it was absolutely amazing. And obviously Giggly Squad has completely changed my life. I've connected with more people than ever. And I don't even want to say like fans because like, even though they watch the show, like I feel like I genuinely made all these like girlfriends I have so many girls DMing me about like how to deal with breakups. And I'm like, oh my God, I have no idea. <laughs> but like <laughs> that back and forth. So I would say definitely those two things. And I definitely got so much closer to Hannah because we did Giggly Squad every single night for mm-hmm. four months. And we built something out of a pandemic, which was crazy in itself. But I'm so grateful for it. Well, I know because I read in, in your bio that you plan to spend 2021 figuring out what it is that you want to do yeah. going forward and in the future. Do you have any ideas? <laughs> so after obviously the season wrapped, my boyfriend and I broke up and oh. I just realized I wasn't, you know, you think about your life at, when you're 25 and you're like, oh, by this time, I'm definitely going to be engaged. I'm definitely going to be married. Everything will be figured out. And I kind of got to the age of almost being 28 and then turning 28 and being like, that's, I don't want any of that anymore. I just knew I wasn't ready to get married. I knew I wasn't ready to move in with someone. There's so much more career stuff that I want to do that I haven't accomplished yet before I do those things. So I've been TV hosting for Amazon and their fashion hour. And I absolutely, there's nothing more that I love than to talk about clothes So it was like a dream come true. And I also write fashion articles for Yahoo's In The Know. And it's been so fulfilling. And then doing my podcast with my best friend is not even work because we would talk on the phone for an hour anyway. So I love fashion. I love being on Instagram and showing people like different outfits. I could have never imagined that that would be some type of career path, but I'm so thankful for it. And I just want to see where that goes in the fashion world. Yeah. I mean, I think there's so much you can do with that these days. I mean, styling so fun. There's just, yeah, kind of yeah. limitless possibilities. Do you follow Alison Bornstein on Instagram? Don't. I love what she does because she's a stylist and I think kind of personal shopper or wardrobe mm-hmm. consultant, but I love the way that she shows everything on Instagram. She'll do like seven looks for the week, but she'll make a really cute graphic for the cover of it. And then she photographs them exact. Like, I don't know, just the way she like lays everything out. And she tells you exactly what each piece is, how much it costs, like everything's so affordable and it's super, her aesthetic's really like clean and beautiful. I definitely recommend checking her out. I'm definitely into like neutrals right now and like everything being clean. And I'm always like worried about my grid on Instagram and I'm like trying not to go <laughs> in my head about it, but I see other girls and I'm so jealous of that. I'm like, oh my God, you just look so cool. I was like that for a long time because, you know, I had a blog years ago and then I ran a company where we specifically worked with influencers and it was like all about shooting these beautiful brand campaigns with photographers. And so your, your aesthetic on your Instagram was so important. And then I really kind of stepped away from that because I feel like for some people, it seems to work really well. Others, I feel like it's just kind of getting, people are just kind of tired of it and they want to see something more organic. So I feel like it's kind of a toss up whether it's better to have super curated feed or not these days. I always go back and forth. But if there's a picture I want to post and like post a thirst trap for whatever boys, <laughs> I'm doing it. I, yeah, okay. That's, yeah, it's kind of fun. You're at like a really fun stage right now. <laughs> But I'm, I was going to say to your point about, you know, thinking you're supposed to be at a certain point in your life when you're 25, I thought the exact same thing. 
because yeah. my mom had me when I, when she was 25. And so for some reason, it was stuck in my head that at 25, like whoever I was with was what I needed to be settled down. And I wish that I had had some of the, you know, ability to kind of better understand that I didn't need to do that when I did, because I feel like I, I don't know, we just have all these pressures on us to be at a certain stage and like start having kids. And, yeah. and really what I've learned is that that's just not true. I mean, I was starting to go to the OBGYN when I was 30 saying like, I'm too, I'm getting too old to have kids. I need to, you know, and she's like, yeah. calm down. Yeah. <laughs> You're fine. There's a lot of pressures. And it's hard when you have certain girlfriends who are at that stage and getting engaged and getting married. And you're like, wait, should I be there too? But everyone really works at their own speed and pace. And I've realized that within like the past year, and I've definitely gotten more comfortable being single and doing what I want. Actually, I feel like I like being single, like a little too much. (laughs) That's how I felt also. Like when I finally got comfortable with being single, because it did take me a little while. I mean, I was in a relationship for six years and another one immediately after that. So it was like kind of Uh, you know, a long time of having somebody that I was attached to. But after a couple months of being by myself, once I got comfortable, I was like, this is so nice. And the best part about that is then going into your next relationship, because I do have a boyfriend now. But I think both of us were in that place where you are, which is like having so much fun and so happy and content and fulfilled being single, that you're so particular going forward, the next person's gonna have to be unbelievable or you're not going to get into a relationship with yeah. them. Which like is you can't a- break my routine now. Like I need to do right. my skincare when I want to do my skincare. And if it doesn't work for your schedule, then like, bye. You know? <laughs> so, I don't know. Tell you. Yeah. Well, and the other thing is that I found a lot was that with, with my boyfriend before we were boyfriend and girlfriend, I would like say things to him that I thought were going to really kind of, I would normally not want to say to somebody I was dating about myself. Like I would be so blatantly honest and transparent mm-hmm. about something thinking, you know what, if he doesn't like this, that's fine. I don't care yeah. because then he's not for me. I was telling one of my girlfriends, like I used to go out on dates and be like, oh my God, like I'm so nervous. I hope he likes me. I hope he likes me. And now I go on dates and I'm just like, I hope I like them. You know, like I don't want to waste <laughs> time. And half the time I'm like, no. <laughs> so it is definitely a learning curve, but yeah. I'm happy about it. No, I mean, I think it just takes a little bit of time and patience to get to that place. But then when you do, it's the best thing ever. It really is. Yeah. So we'll definitely enjoy it. Cause that was the thing for a while too, with my boyfriend. I think we both did the same thing where we were like, God, okay, we really like each other, but we really like being single. Yeah. So what are we supposed to do? Yeah, I totally get that feeling. But it was fun. And actually I feel like it was kind of nice to like casually date someone that I really liked for a while and sort of drag it out. Yeah. You I'm know? in that process now. I feel like any, I'm not making anything serious. And I'm like, let's just drag this out until one day someone's like, I can't not be with you. Yeah. So, I'm like waiting for that day. <laughs> no, no. And that's exactly what ends up happening. And also you just learn, you know, the more people you date, you really see all the different, I don't know. I feel like there's so many good things about this guy that I hadn't really experienced before. And so the dating experience is so different. It's like, it's fun. Yeah, it is actually really fun. And you realize like what you like and what you don't like and what you want. And there's so many things I've realized like, oh my God, this is a deal breaker for me. And I didn't know that. Or like Mm -hmm. I need to have this in my relationship and I didn't know that. So it is, it's definitely good. Hello, my cheeky friends. Christina Evangelista here from the Half Naked Podcast, a show about underwear, vulnerability, and history. Yep, 
If you've ever been curious about those strappy things at the bottom of your corset or why thongs were invented, join me on Half Naked where we expose the crazy and fraught history of the undergarment industry. Are there any shows that you've been binging lately? <laughs> I'm going in a completely different direction, but this is one of my favorite things to talk about <laughs> besides dating. For the first time ever, and I'm actually very embarrassed to admit this, I never watched The Bachelor, ever. Like, never got into it. I am obsessed with it. Okay, well, I don't think it's embarrassing to say that you never watched it before. I, <laughs> I was, And I love reality TV, and I just, for some reason, could never get into The Bachelor. And I started watching this season. Obsessed isn't even... Isn't even the word. This it. is the one with Matt, the new Bachelor, right? And he was never on. He was never like on the Bachelorette. Okay, he's like brand new, like new mm. to the whole thing. He has like a lot more girls than normal, I guess. There's a lot of drama with the girls, which like I love that because I love reality. Well, so my thing with The Bachelor is I used to watch it. I watched The Bachelor and The Bachelorette for a long time, and then I just kind of got over it and stopped watching it so much. But the second I see one clip of an episode, I'm like glued. Yeah. That show is just so, so, cause sometimes I'll go over to my girlfriend's house and they'll say, oh, well, tonight's The Bachelor, we're going to watch it. And I'll, I'll say, okay, I'm just going to sit and watch for a few minutes. And then I'm like, now I need to know the entire season. Yeah. I'm like starting <laughs> to memorize everyone's name. So, and it's hard. I feel like I'm in Who's, who's the queen? Who's the Victoria. queen? What is that about? She came in, like everyone has like their name, their age and like what they, their occupation and her occupation says queen. It's so crazy. She has so much drama with the other girls. Like, <laughs> it's just, I can't take my eyes off the TV. I'm like, she, she is reality TV gold though. Okay. But that's the problem with that show because it used to be that they would cast. Well, first of all, I'm glad they cast a bachelor who wasn't a cast off from a previous season yeah. because that's one of my main issues with the bachelor is and the bachelorette is like why not find somebody who it used to be that they would like have some guy from like the royal family who right. was the or you know the heir to firestone fortune or whatever yeah. it was it was like some super super eligible guy that yeah. like everybody was the biggest dream i mean not to say that they aren't they seem like great guys but i just feel like it makes it more exciting when it's somebody it does Right? My family does. Matt is also like the nicest. I'm like, I don't even know how you can listen to all of these girls' drama and be so genuine and nice. It like, ugh, I love watching well, it. Well, that's great. I, he's really hot. So hot and he's so <laughs> tall. Like, and he look. here's the thing though. I get like a favorite girl and he looks like so good with that girl. And then he'll go on another date and I'm like, but I love you guys. <laughs> Like I can't, it's hard. I'm really, I, I get stressed out about it. That just happened to me with Bridgerton. Did you watch Bridgerton? Oh I, I know I'm kind of behind, but I'm having, I'm like at the phase where I still think she, she's like between the prince and the duke. So, and oh my God. God. Just wait. I was, I literally <laughs> cried the last episode because I didn't want it to be over. And I feel like the main <laughs> characters are possibly dating in real life, which would bring me the most joy. Oh, they're saying that? Yeah, I've been like reading online gossip about it, which would just like make my day. All right, well, I think I might have to tune into the season of The Bachelor because it sounds like we're it's- only like two episodes in, I think, or two or three. Oh, but by the way, the other thing I was going to say was my issue with it was that I feel like they also cast all these contestants who are great for reality TV, but like not great for dating. It's definitely split this season. There's definitely yeah. girls that like, wow, you're great at your job right now and being on TV and like stirring it up. But then there's girls that are so genuine and authentic and like 
want to just like love him. And it's, you can definitely see it on TV. Yeah. They're there for the right reasons. Yeah. (laughs) The most overused term (laughs) on reality TV. So true. What's um, your biggest guilty pleasure during quarantine? Ooh, I definitely was baking a lot in like the very beginning because my mom is an amazing cook. So anything peanut butter and chocolate. Ooh. Yeah. I'm definitely your girl for that. That sounds so good. I, my sister's a big baker and I'm the worst. I love to cook soups, but for some reason, <laughs> I know. I've never heard anyone say that, but I love that. All, like all I make are it's soups. Underrated. I could tell you so many soup recipes off the top of my head right now if you wanted them, which quality. you don't, but <laughs> I know. I have a feeling that's something that my boyfriend's like, really of all things, that's what you like to cook so like, but she's so good at making soup. Like, so I can I'm make a chicken her. and squash soup tonight. <laughs> How's that sound? <laughs> I love that. Uh, peanut butter and chocolate sounds really good, though. I'm addicted to peppermint bark right now. Wow. I do have one thing, Caitlin, where I don't think mint and chocolate should ever be mixed. Really? I can't. I hate it. I absolutely hate it. <laughs> but like chocolate and Have you tried it? I have. And I can't only have mint in my toothpaste. Oh, so you're not, you just don't really like mint. Yeah, I can't like bring it into my everyday life. I kind of understand that. I actually don't really think I like mint outside of peppermint bark because I don't really eat anything else mint. But what's your favorite way to celebrate a success? Definitely just like dinner with my girlfriends. If anyone gets any like promotion or like breaks up with a guy, we're always like, well, we should do dinner. Yeah. That's definitely my favorite. And it's been so hard right now. And especially in New York, like outdoor dining. It's like we live in Aspen. I don't know. I know. What are they even doing for that now? New York, actually, it's crazy. They have really just transformed. I mean, they have all these outdoor things with heaters and you would not even know that you were outside. That's awesome. So it's really amazing. It's crazy to see, but we've been going out to dinner a lot and we just, we get to wear like our big puffer coats, which like is a moment. Well, no, I was actually really worried about the restaurants in New York for that reason. I mean, I'm from New Hampshire, so the whole East Coast, because when I go there, I mean, in my hometown, everything is still, I mean, they're opening back up now, but they don't have the option to do outdoor. And a lot of restaurants don't, and a lot have closed, and it's like so sad to see, but the ones that have like managed to stay open have really, it's crazy what they've done. I'm dying to get back to New York as soon as everything kind of calms down. I love New York City so much. It's I love so it. beautiful. And even though it's like so dead right now and such a different vibe, like I still just have like such a deep love for New York City. Like I really don't see myself leaving anytime soon. I just... Well, and I feel like it's got to be sort of bringing the community closer together because even though it's probably really quiet and dead in the sense of like there's no tourists there and everything's partially shut down, it, then you, you're just kind of left with the locals. Yeah. Right? Definitely. Which, like which everyone. Kind of fun. Yeah. And like, it's so crazy because during quarantine, I feel like you hang out with the people that you really value and like relationships have just gotten so much closer. Like I really only see like a core group of people where like last year at this time or whatever, like you're out with like a billion people at a dinner and this it's like four girlfriends and it just like feels nice. Yeah, I've definitely found that too. I think you're not bouncing around saying at random social events, having like little kind of, which is actually the best because I I don't know about you, but I, I hate small talk and those kind of like surface little. I can't, I can't do it. And like, as I've gotten older, I'm like, I don't care. And I can't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I can't no, thanks. <laughs> I 
I just, I can't have another acquaintance unless you tell me about your life story and we connect. Right. Yeah. You have to have like a really easy chemistry. I know I feel the same and it's so hard because a lot, my friends will kind of give me shit about it. Cause I'm, I'm, it's not that I'm not, maybe I'm just not friendly. I guess maybe that is the right way to describe it, but I, but I, <laughs> I'm not, not nice. It's just that I prefer to like commit my time to relationships that I know are going to like have more depth to them. Absolutely. I feel the same way. Yeah. That's kind of a blessing to what quarantine's brought us. Yeah. One of the things I love to ask everyone when they're here is if there's anybody in their life who's going through something really hard or challenging right now that you would want everybody listening to the show to just send some kind of positive thoughts and energy to. Oh, wow. That is a great one. I guess I would just say in general, like how many people were affected or are being affected by this pandemic. I couldn't imagine. And I totally recognize that I was fortunate enough to just like pick up and leave my apartment and go quarantine with my parents and like didn't really think about much. And I realized that that is just like not the case for the majority of people. So I would say in general, just anyone who's going through like a really rough time, you know, bad times don't last. Like, I don't know what the saying is, like tough times don't last, tough people do. Like, (laughs) I, do, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know it either, but that sounds good. Yeah. yeah, nice. yeah. But I, I just, I've watched a lot of my friends like lose their jobs and just be so nervous. So I would just say everyone in general who has been affected by the pandemic, like I think about people all day long about that and hopefully everything works out and is okay at the end. Yeah, no, it's really good to have that perspective too. Like a blessing to just be able, like you said, to go to your parents. And I didn't even realize it like in the moment I was like, isn't everyone just like going to go home? Yeah. And then you talk to certain people and you're like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. And like when we started Giggly Squad, that was like one of the main reasons because Hannah and I were like, we should help. Like we have to do something. We're both home with our parents and we're 28 years old. Well, no, I think, and I think that Giggly Squad actually really did accomplish that too. Cause I know you guys, anytime I would tune in, you had a huge audience of people on there watching. So obviously it was working. I think we raised like over like $30,000 for like different charities. And That's we were awesome. Good for you. Even us, like it was really the people watching. So it's awesome that you guys did that. And also I think people were kind of dying for some sort of connection and, and like way of being entertained during that time. So Thank you. I personally enjoyed it. <laughs> well, Paige, thank you so much for being here today. Oh my God, this is so fun. Will you just let everyone know where they can find you? Yeah, so my Instagram is very easy. Just my first and last name, Paige underscore DeSorbo. Summer House is airing February 4th at 9 p.m. So we're very, very excited. I'm going to be watching. I, I love Summer House, by the way, and I'm not a reality TV person and I love Summer House. I actually tell everyone that, like anyone who doesn't watch reality TV, really, I'm like, but this show is different. It's really good. And it's definitely going to be the most explosive, I think, this season, because it's just a lot of changes and a lot of different emotions. So we have a new girl. She's amazing. (laughs) Awesome. Yeah. I can't wait. All right. Well, thank you. Have a great rest of your day. The Bright Side is a production of Embassy Row. Our executive producer is Sarni Rogers. This episode was produced by Alexa Machia and Anna Marie Johnson. The show is edited by Maureen Begas. Our theme music is by Maddie Noyes. You can follow me on Instagram at, at Caitlin, K-A-I-T-L-Y-N-N, or email the show at thebrightsidewithkc at gmail.com. Have a happy day. Mm-hmm.